0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is your favorite curly redhead, Mama D, with another episode of Ripples of Healing. Yes, I am excited as I always am to come to you guys with a story and a word from the Lord and for us to go on this healing journey together, because I believe that God doesn't just heal us physically. He heals us emotionally. He heals us spiritually. And he heals us mentally. If we just allow him to come into our lives. If we just believe the promises that he has over our lives. And know that he has plans for our lives. Plans to prosper our lives. Plans to bring us to an expected good end. Because he loves us. Plain and simple. Plain and simple, guys. He loves us. He is pure love. God is pure love. And he loves us. And he created us out of love. Telling you, this Bible from end to end talks about the love of a father going back every time to restore his children to save his children, to redeem his children because he loves us. He created us out of love and that's it. We He can't unlove us. Nope. He can't unlove us. So as we always do, let's start out with a prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, as we come humbly and boldly to that throne of grace, Lord God, we thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for your grace, and we thank you for your mercy, Lord God. We thank you for waking us up this morning, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, that you know the purpose and the plans for our life, Lord God. Father, I pray that everyone that is in the audience of my voice, Lord God, that you would do something supernatural, that you would start this healing process, Lord God, that you would continue this healing process, Lord God. Heal us, Lord. Heal our minds, our bodies, our spirits, and our souls, Lord God. Father, it is not your will that we stay broken because you want to use us for your glory by the testimony of our lives, We can go forth and say that the God that we serve, that the God that loved us, that the God who is set before us, that we honor with our lives, put all these plans in motion. So we can also be examples to his great love in our lives because he set us free, because he redeemed us, because he had his son, Jesus Christ die for us. So we would not have to be paid um, for the things that we've done in our lives. Instead, Jesus paid it all. He was the ransom. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us, Father. Father, I thank you. For all that you're going to do, I thank you that what you have done, Lord God, I ask, Lord God, that you prick our hearts, Lord God, that you open up our minds and and our spirits, Lord God, and speak into them as only you can, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, let's get started. Yes, yes, yes. This particular episode is called Place Setting. Like setting a place at a table. And the table is the table of God. For the longest time, in growing up, I always had a sense of belonging. I wanted to belong, and I think that's what most of us as humans—we want to belong to something. Whether we will belong to groups, whether we belong to to gangs, whether we want to belong to different families, what you know, we just want a sense of belonging. You know, how many of us grew up without? Parents, whether it was two parents that weren't in our house, whether it was one parent that was in the house, how many of us grew up, grew, grew up with abandoned issues and self-esteem issues and trust issues because of that? I know I did. I grew up that way, and for a long, long time, like I said, I had had a sense of belonging. I wanted somebody to love me. And I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Y'all, as I have said before, this healing process is not going to be easy, but it's necessary. Because I know that I am tired of living a broken life. And I want to stop wondering and remixing the trauma in my life. As I compare myself to others with the question and wondering in my life, you know, whether... If I had different parents, whether my life would have been different, if I grew up in different circumstances, if I grew up in a loving household, but my um, parents prayed over me, what they taught me the Bible, they stayed together, would my life be different? And that is me still going through the trauma, the brokenness, and I've decided that I need a healing. And so God has me on this wonderful healing journey. So I, as well as you, can be made whole to honor him, to glorify him, because he is going to set us free. For it says in his word, for whom the son sets free is free indeed. So guys, I'm going to start in the book of Genesis by telling you a story. Now, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. We're going to start at chapter 37. And this is the book, the story of Joseph. Now, Joseph was the many sons, one of the many sons of Jacob. He was a shepherd. Now, Jacob had 12 sons and one daughter, but he favored Joseph so much out of all his children that he made Joseph a cult. Of many colors, I don't know if anybody's ever seen the play Joseph, uh, the Technicolors, the cult of Technicolors. That's what that um, those many colors uh, were referred to in regards to that play. So Joseph, being the youngest, went to his father, as most young um, kids do. And he went and he gave his father a bad report about his older brothers. And I don't know if uh, he knew this, but the, somebody should have told Mr. Joseph that snitches get stitches, okay? So you can't go around tattertelling on folks and thinking that you're going to get away with it. So not only was he a big old snitch, he was, a, he was his daddy's favorite son which made him a double threat to his brothers. Then to make matters worse, y'all, he had a dream about his older brothers bowing down to him from a place of power and ruling over them. And this infuriated them even more. So I can imagine them saying one to another, just who in the heck does he think he is? Huh, Mr. High and Mighty, somebody gonna bow down to him like he a king. And they began to grumble and um, decided that uh, that wasn't going to happen. Okay? So they conspired to kill him. Yeah, could you imagine that? To kill him. And they left in the field and decided that they were going to have him follow. And they were going to come up with this plan to kill him. They were going to kill him and... And and take his coat off and throw him in a pit, and then go back to his father and tell the father that some wild animal had um, killed him. That's what the plan was, you know. But you know, there's always that one brother, <laughs> okay, who is the voice of reasoning. You know, he's the brother who says, "Oh, come on," you know. He's our brother. He still is our father's son, you know, and if we do that, our father will never forgive us, you know, and we might not even gain the inheritance because of that, you know, so let's not do that. So let's come up with something else. So instead, they seen a caravan of gypsies traveling to sell sell and trade items in Egypt, and they sold Mr. Young Joseph to these gypsies. Guys, you've have, have you ever had a family member or a friend do something so heinous or so troubling in your life that you decided that you were not going to forgive them? I mean, think about what Joseph had endured. His brothers decided that they were going to kill him. So they take him and they take his coat off and they tie him up and they throw him in this ditch. And then the brother decide, okay, well we shouldn't do that. But instead they sell him to a band of gypsies. I mean, (laughs) I don't know whether one was better than the other, but either way it shouldn't have happened, but it did. Okay. And so Joseph is taken to Egypt and he is bought by a man who is a high-ranking official in um, Egypt, in the Pharaoh's house. His name is Potiphar. And Potiphar, because of Joseph having favored on him, saw that he was a good guy. So Joseph was allowed to rule over his master's household. This is the favor of God on Joseph, so imagine Potiphar looking at this young boy and seeing that everything he touches he's actually prospering. The fields are flourishing the animals are are being well fed they're they're growing in size and and everything around him his house and so forth is the the people are happy and He says, wow, this young boy's got something with him. Um, He didn't know that it was God's favor on Joseph's life. Okay. So his master entrusted him to be in in charge of his household and everything he owned. How many of us know that this, when you have favor with God, he allows you to have favor with man as well. Amen. I'm going to say that again. How many of us know? This, that when you have favor with God, he allows you to have favor with man as well. Yes, that is the God that we serve. And because of God's favor with his servant Joseph, he also blessed Potiphar's household. And just as we think that all was well because God has blessed everyone and all stuff was working out with everything else. Here comes the enemy using Potiphar's wife to cause trouble by making false accusations against Joseph. So much so that they wind up throwing Joseph in prison. The accusation was that Joseph, Potiphar's wife, was trying to get Joseph to go to bed with her. And he refused, as he should because Potiphar was his master and he was obedient and devoted to the master not to the master's wife and because of that she see Joseph being this young strappy good-looking guy like Joseph was one of those guys that he was uh fine and you know we, we back in the day we would say guys were fine he was fine he was good-looking he was a strappy looking guy yes and so Potter's wife and she sees him and she wants some of them. Joseph was like, No, that's not how things are. I am loyal to my master. And because it did not go the way she wanted it to, she made false accusations and had Joseph thrown in prison. Okay, so Joseph, imagine this: not only did he get thrown in prison, but because he still had God's favor on his life. God allowed him to have favor with the warden and the warden allowed him to be in charge of the prisoner. See, this is how awesome God is, that he blesses our lives with his favor and he gives us favor with everyone in every area of our lives. I don't know how many of us know what favor is, but having favor From God, having his blessing, having his peace, having his love, yes, having that intimacy with him, blessing our households, blessing our finances, everything we touch, blessing our businesses, blessing our ministries, that is God's favor on our life. It is a multiplication process of God, not a a subtraction. It multiplies. God extends it. He extends it. He multiplies it over and over and over again because we stand in the favor of God. I want to be in the favor of God in every area of my life. This is why this healing journey is so necessary. And it is a process that I am willing to go through as long as I have to, so I can get to the end because God's favor is where I want to be. God's wholeness is where I want to be. God's love is where I am. I live in the love and the goodness of my father. Amen. 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 Yes. I love it. Absolutely love it. See, this is how awesome God is. He is so awesome, I'm telling you. We want that favor on our lives. And so, I still can imagine that Joseph, being out of his father's house, not being with his brothers, still at night, still had a sense of belonging. Longing to be with his family. You know, although his brothers mistreated him, he still needed to be with them, be with his father. Sometimes we are so focused on the mistreat, on the heinous act, that we don't see that we are in bondage when we don't forgive. The only way to be set free is to forgive. In the book of Matthew in chapter 6 Jesus teaches his disciples to pray the our father's prayer I believe it starts at chap at verse 13 and the one part of the prayer it says and forgive us our debts that means our sins as we forgive those as uh, we forgive those who trespass who trespass against us. That means who sinned against us. But it says, forgive us our sins. So we come to the Lord and we say, God, forgive us as we forgive those who sinned against us. I don't know if you know this, but it is one of the prerequisites of the father that we have to forgive in order to be forgiven. God doesn't want us walking around with unforgiveness. He doesn't want us walking around with brokenness. He doesn't want us walking around with resentment. He does not want us walking around with hatred in our hearts. But if we don't forgive, it festers into something greater. And believe me, it will take you down. It will kill your spirit to walk around with hatred. It will kill your spirit and your body to walk around with bitterness and resentment. It is easier to forgive because forgiveness is not for that person. It is for you. Because it says in God's word that if you forgive, you will be forgiven. And I don't know about anybody else, but I have sinned. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And I want God to forgive me. Of my sins. And if God is asking me to forgive. I have to go forth with it. I can't hold on. Because I know that I'm going to have to come to him. As I do daily. And ask him to forgive me. This The word is to repent. And repent is two words. And it just means to change your mind. People here repent. Are you going to go to hell? Repent. Repent means to change your mind. Change your direction. When the Holy Spirit prompts you not to go there, when the Holy Spirit prompts you not to say that, when the Holy Spirit prompts you, we have to be able to hear prompting of the Holy Spirit and if it is that we sin we have to come to God and ask for forgiveness it says in the word of God if you have something against your brother and sister and you are going to the altar to give a gift put the gift to the side and be reconciled to your brother and sister and then give the gift because God wants to forgive us he wants us to be whole He wants us to know the depth, the width, the length, and the height of his love. His great love for us. But if we are living in unforgiveness, and I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, I'll never forgive him. I'll never do this. I'll never do that. And all I could do is shake my head. Because I've given them the whole verse of where it says that we have to forgive. It says in his word, if you do not forgive, your father in heaven will not forgive you. Why do you want to live that way? Why do you need to live that way? You know, growing up without a father in my house and not really taking part in my life... When I was a child for me and my mother leaving me and my little sister alone for hours of our day and not coming back till like the sun came up in the morning, you know, it was hard. Those abandonment issues that we grew up with that in some small way still haunt my memories. And I would go over to my two best friends house and never want to leave. Because they lived in a household with both their parents with lots of love. At least that's what it seemed like. My soul was wounded and I needed to belong to someone or something. So me and my friends and my sister formed this group when we were younger. We were teenagers. We were called the Fancy Five. Oh yeah, Fancy Five. (laughs) I mean, we went all out. We went and got white. Sweatshirt with black lettering saying Fancy Five. And because I'm a Virgo, so we did it by our signs. And it was um, vivacious Virgo, because I was a Virgo. <laughs> oh my goodness, it, it, was, it was quite the group. We wore black jeans and, and black and white, um, super pro cad high tops. Yes, with black and white strings in them. You know, one to belong wanting to belong. And the greatest thing is that God allowed us to belong to each other, you know, and we didn't do anything. We just hung with each other, went to the movies with each other, you know, all the good stuff, all the pure stuff. And like I said, I just stayed in their house. Most of the time, their mother would cook for us and everything. Here's the great thing, ladies. I'm just, you know, um, ladies and gentlemen, should I say, But I am still friends with these ladies 44 years later. Could you imagine that? Like that just blows my mind, you know. But wow, look at God. You know, still having these women in my life shows that there was always God's favor in my life. There was always God's hand on my life. He always had his hand on my life. Guys, we don't always get to pick the family that we want, you know, but I know that there's a purpose for everything and every situation, every circumstance on God's earth. We may not see it at first, but we have to trust and believe that he knows what is best for us. Absolutely. You know, absolutely knows what is best for us. And, um, guys, I got one more story and then I'm going to kind of wrap this up. But um, also, when I was a kid, I actually wasn't a kid. I was uh, in my early 20s. I had a cousin who was born to my aunt, one of my cousins. My aunt had about maybe 10 kids when she was in, well, well, eight of them were part of her active addiction to um, drugs. and because this particular one had drugs in her system, she had to be left in the hospital. And because of the condition the child was in, she did they weren't they didn't give her um to my aunt. And so the baby was adopted, okay, by a good family. So she grew up with this adopted family and their children. And one day, one of the children of the adopted um family She told my cousin that she was adopted, that she wasn't really their sister. Now, I cannot imagine how that hurtful that was for her or how that made her feel. But it kind of set the wheels in motion to find out who her real family was. So long story short, you know, the virgin, one day while we were Me and my um, sister were in my mother's apartment having a discussion. This young lady comes to the door and she knocks on the door. And when I opened the door, she was standing there crying and trembling, trying to tell me that she was my cousin. I invited her in because I felt sorry for her. But as she started explaining why she came to find us, I realized she had been telling the truth. She felt the urgency in her spirit to belong. And that spirit led her to us, her family. See guys, we all have a spirit of belonging in us. Whether it's family, whether it's a group, whether it's clubs, whether it's a gang, we all want to belong to be identified as someone to something. We all have that about us. But here's the great thing. God says we belong to him because he created us in his own image and he knitted us together in our mother's womb. See, our father is the head of the family and he sits at the head of the table and he invites all of us to take our place at the table as his children. He loves us unconditionally, and he sets a place for us to come and be fed of his word so that our lives can change. It is our inheritance as his children, the children of the Most High King, to come and take our place so we can have the benefits of being his children, the children of God, the many promises of, over our life, the many blessings over our life, not just our life, but the life of our children and our children's children, because that is the blessing of God. It says, not only will he bless us, but he will bless our children and our children's children. So we get a blessing. Our children get a blessing. Our grandchildren get a blessing. Our great, great grandchildren. And it keeps going on because we make the decision to follow Christ. We make the decision to have them in our lives. We submit our plans. We submit our will. And we say, Lord, whatever you want to do, because I'm tired of living in a place of defeat. I want to live As the child of the Most High King, I'm tired of living underneath the table, waiting for scraps to be falling off so I can eat. God has set a place for us at the table of God. He sits at the head so we can know his great love for us, waiting for us with open arms to give us a place at the table, having a place setting because we belong to him. I encourage you to be intentional about your life in 2022 and make a decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Y'all, I want you to know that a wise man said to me today, God made you to love you. So the first thing we ought to do when we come to God is to just let him love us. How simple is that? Just let him love us. He loves us unconditionally. He is a father of great love. Great love. He says in Romans 8, verse 37 to 39. And I read it to you in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. May God bless the reading of his word. Such a beautiful saying, a beautiful verse to us. And it's just to remind us of his great love for us. So, verse 37 in the New King James Version says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor pres- things in the present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor other things created shall separate us. From the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, he cannot unlove us. That is the most beautiful thing that I've heard, that as a father, he cannot unlove us. How wonderful is that? That God can't unlove us. So therefore, we don't have to go through our lives feeling that we need someone to love us. We don't have to feel that way, because God can't unlove us. He can't unlove us. He loves us unconditionally. He says it in his word, and he is not a man that he can lie. Or the son of man that he can lie. That's not who he is. So Paul says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 16 he says to the church that he would grant you, talking about God Almighty, the riches of his glory to be strengthened with his might through his spirit into your inner man that Christ may dwell in your heart through that faith, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with everyone, all the saints, what is the width, the length, the depth, the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you will be filled with all fullness of God. Paul is saying that God loves us and he wants to fill our lives with that perfect love, with that unconditional love, with that steadfast love. Let us allow God to love us by surrendering to him. I'm giving out this invitation now to receive the inheritance that God has given us. To receive the inheritance, a place at the table, at the table of God is waiting for us. Romans 10 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That simple, folks. That simple. Confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart brings you salvation. Why are we waiting when God is saying, come, my arms are open, waiting for you. If, you? if I knock at the door and you open up the door, I will come in your house. I mean, he comes in our life and he dwells. I don't know about you, but I want a place at the table because I have earned place at the table because simply he's my father that's it that is my inheritance that is his love for me and I want him to love me and I don't want to miss any part of that love in my life not at all so if you're looking for wholeness if you're looking for healing let God love you because he's given you an invitation every day to come in and love you. Thank you so much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has all been really good today. God is, I still believe, is going to do something miraculous in 2022, and I want to be a part of it. And if you want to be a part of it, too, I ask you to just let the Lord come in, let the light shine in your life. Have a great day. God bless you. And until next time, let the love shine in. (laughs) Amen. Have a great day, guys. Mama D signing off.